0: Big screen, little screen. Right about now, it's all about big screen, little screen. It's where we talk about everything good in the cinema, on the TV screens, online and everything else in between. Something we do every week, whether you are listening via Rinse FM or the digital streaming platforms. Myself, SK Vibe Maker and movie reporter, Lowry in the building what's cracking man
1: in the building man it's nice to be back you know like we've been doing this show for what like four or five years with hardly any breaks you know a few breaks here and there so it's nice to have some recovery time uh even though (laughs) during this time I i know we've both been extremely busy um so you know i might need a holiday from the holiday and also i've come back to my hay fever oh man my hay fever's back in full effects, man. It's crazy. How have you been, though, bro? How have you been?
0: You know what I mean? Talk about hay fever, man. Shouts to all those who have seen me out and about with one red eye thinking like, what have you been doing today? Are you been drinking? or you been doing other stuff? No. Hay fever. When you have it as well, you rub, you rub, you rub. you got to try and not rub. But then when you rub, it gets worse. And it takes time to go. So I've been walking around with one red eye, my right eye. And yes, not other stuff red eye fever. <laughs> but I'm feeling good man and we have a good yeah, menu man. today Larry even though we've coming back from a couple weeks break from the Easter we are here
1: and we got content content mm. what have we got on the menu today a great show for today we have two titles to review and an interview first we're gonna get into a thousand and one and our interview with writer and director of that movie AV Rockwell then we are ending with the release of the week Ooh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> that is for Evil Dead Rise. That laugh and people who know the Evil Dead franchise will know why I did that laugh. Other titles to look out for this week: Ghosted, the latest Apple TV Plus movie starring Chris Evans and Anna de Armas, that releases on the streaming platform this Friday from the 21st of April, and a title, another title that is close to my heart, SK Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Once and Always. This is a one-off Netflix special with some of the old cast returning to reprise their roles. This is a one-off special since the Power Rangers is celebrating its 30th anniversary celebrations, and that is out now on Netflix. Did you watch Power Rangers growing up or in your younger days, SK? Come
0: on, man. Man, watch Power Rangers, of course. Weren't the massive fan, to be honest, but you know what I mean? We could talk about Power Rangers versus Ninja Turtles if you want, but I feel like we'll go down a whole rabbit hole. But yeah, who didn't watch Power Rangers? (laughs) It were not age-specific. It was for the youngers. But people of yeah. older, you know what I'm saying, uncles and I think even my granddad watched Power Rangers. Shouts out to my granddad still. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I'm, I'm definitely going to check that out. And also, I hope they release another feature movie because the last one, it wasn't too bad. And there's, I think there's still something there with the Power Rangers franchise. So, yeah, mm. man.
0: I don't know if I'm trying to watch a Power Rangers movie, but the less said about that, the better, man. Let's get into this main menu, though, Larry. Where are we taking it first?
1: All right, let's start with the first title. We are taking it to the big screen. And before we discuss this one, here's a snippet from the trailer. Big
0: screen, middle screen.
2: She moved to another shelter. No, you know I was in Rutgers. I really missed you, girl. Yeah, and apparently these roots too. What you been <laughs> doing? What you been nothing, doing? Nothing, nothing yet. The roots missed you too. Terry. just let me see your eyes so I know you're not mad at me. I'm staying out of trouble this time. Tell me more about your foster mother. You like her? you feel better if you came and stayed with me? Yeah. All right, we're gonna go to Harlem, where I grew up at. The city had him. He's not supposed to be with me. Can't you get locked up for that? Not if you keep it to yourself. Where's my dad at? He's gone. But you wouldn't like them anyway. I got somebody else in mind. Terry, I want you to meet Lucky. Lucky's gonna be moving in with us. How long? Hey, <laughs> Better get that chip off your shoulder. I know you hear me. You are my mother.
0: Yay. <laughs> You're a blessing. For your
2: mom especially. You're getting older now. Time for you to start thinking for yourself.
1: Big screen.
0: Little screen. Big screen, little screen, SK Vibe Maker, movie reporter, Lowry. Whether you are listening via Rinse FM or the digital streaming platforms, this is what we do every week, movie and TV talk. And we ain't stopping anytime soon. Now, we just heard a mm. big trailer. Tiana Taylor in her debut lead role. Lowry, give us the lowdown.
1: That was the trailer for A Thousand and One. This movie is written and directed by A.V. Rockwell, and it stars, as you just said, Tiana Taylor in her feature film debut. The story follows a character called Inez, played by Tiana, who kidnaps her six-year-old son called Terry from the foster care system. And over a time period spanning from the early 90s to around about the early 2000s, they set out to reclaim their sense of home, identity, and stability in a rapidly changing New York City. And before we get into our review for this film, we had the pleasure of interviewing writer and director, A.V. Rockwell. So we're gonna get into that and then come back on the other side. Big screen, little screen.
0: Rince FM, big screen, little screen, movie and TV talk. Movie reporter Lowry, SK Vibemaker, you know we like to bring in the best guests. And today we have the director of American drama 1001, Avery Rockwell, in the building. How are you doing today?
2: Hello, I'm doing wonderful today. How are you? Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us today. Now we want to say that 1001 is a great film. This is your debut film. I mean, Tayana smashed it in her debut lead role. Um, This is your directorial debut. Talk to us about some of the challenges, you know, of a director entering into the film world and making their directorial debut, the task.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think making your first film, it's really a feat. I think there are the obvious challenges trying to find the right team, trying to get access to what you need just like you know getting the money you need to make a movie uh, and get it out into the world um and, and and i think there's something that we also don't talk about at least filmmakers uh just like it, it's a it's an undertaking it's like you're really going to war and it, it really is like you need to have a certain level of endurance to get through it it's like you're you're still making everything that you've made in shorts you're still telling stories but it's, it's, it's just more expand it you're doing everything that you've done already to lead you to this point but it's more expanded it's more rigorous it's more long and so you really have to take care of yourself first and foremost so that you're in the best position to take care of the the movie take care of everything that it demands of you take care of your team um, along the way so so it, it is challenging getting a movie out into the world it's also a beautiful blessing uh, but I think that that that's something that people should definitely keep in mind making sure you're good you know you're ready for the long haul of it.
1: I've always said, look, if I had a time machine, one of the areas I'd love to go back to is the 90s, mainly for the hip-hop. I've grown up in The Tribe Called Quest, Jay-Z, Biggie. that's like, that's like <laughs> at the top of my list. I felt you did a fantastic job of teleporting us back in time. You know, with everything filmed on location, how challenging was it to shoot in modern-day Harlem, Brooklyn, and any other part of New York that you shot in?
2: Yeah, it was, it was super challenging. I think you know, i think you're in a in a very super active new york city which is always just you know tough to to shoot in in general but i think that with the pandemic it, it made it that much more harder not only because of like the restrictions and just how much more limited uh production you know for like how much how much less freedom that we had as a production shortly after things got rolling again but but also the city was still driven it's like it almost felt like Instead of gentrification slowing down and changes in New York slowing down, it just felt like everything sped up that much more dramatically over the pandemic. So I think it was it was it was hard on so many different levels. But I think because I had prepared so thoughtfully as I was writing the movie and as I was working with my team to to prepare for our production, it gave us it gave us the right guide point we needed to adapt and make sure that we could just arrive to the occasion and still capture the movie in the ways that we needed to, to tell the story.
0: Now this was Tayana Taylor's um, debut lead role as Inez. She smashed it, she absolutely smashed it. A complex, um, a character with multi layers, a strong character. What was your process of casting the main role? Cause you know, sometimes there's like naysayers when it comes to uh, musicians and actors, you know, musicians becoming actors.
2: Yeah, and, and that was very scary for me. I think in general, I was looking for somebody that really embodied this New York City woman, really embodied this uh, this underprivileged woman. And, and I felt like somebody who could identify her and, and, and really have empathy for her, have a compassion for her and, and how they connected to her. So that like, as they portrayed her, they you could tell that they were really trying to instill, embody this woman and dignify her and not look down at her. That was really important for me. And obviously just wanting somebody that also had the pedigree, had the skills as an actress, to really capture this very complicated character. So I think Tiana definitely gave me so much of that. And by by the time that I saw her, I'd seen, there was such a volume of actresses that I'd seen, so she really stood out. Um, and obviously the, all the layers of her actually being from New York, actually being from Harlem, those were beautiful bonuses, but, but it was really those heart and soul anchors of just a really talented actress and somebody who could really embody who Inez is in the real world, uh, that was what really stood out for me and everything else was just much beautiful. I think there was a, sc- a scariness because this was her first time with a leading role. Um, and, and then, yeah, she is, a, she is a musician. She's also a public figure, a huge celebrity. So it's like, okay, how committed, you know? That is something that, that I did talk with her about. Um, just like, you know that like, this is gonna ask a lot of you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we talked about it at length, and and I think that it still was challenging for her. But I just tried to be the best support system that I could be all throughout her preparation for the role. And then as we got into production, creating a safe space for her and allowing her to bring everything that she does deliver. But but making sure she felt safe to try things, felt safe to to bring to it everything that she wanted, and knowing that like if she did fall, I'd be there to lift her up.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I love the cinematography in this film. Uh, I read that there was some inspiration from Japanese street photographer Katsu Nato. Hopefully I've pronounced their name correctly. In addition to you being a native New Yorker. So I can imagine there was a lot to pull, to pull from in terms of creating the look that you wanted from this film. What creative techniques did you use whilst filming to get that, that look and feel of the 90s all the way up to the early 2000s?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it was a it was a combination of everything. I mean, you mentioned the street photography that we look we look at a lot of photography myself and my DP, DP, Eric Yu, but also my costume designer, um, Melissa Vargas, my production designer, who was very integral to shaping our vision of the city and her name is Sharon Lamovsky. And so I think that that was very it just kept us immersed in what new york was in the ways that we wanted to tell and also what it where it started and then where it evolves you know where about it, what it evolves to into over the course of mm. the movie but i think that just yeah i wanted it to feel like we were dropped back in time so choosing creating the look and we did ultimately shoot digitally but it's like okay we still wanted to give it that filmic look that made you mm. feel like you were back in the 90s that made you feel like you were back in the iconic New York that we've seen in a century of cinema. Um, but but I think I also wanted to it to feel like the personality of this, the New York that I knew. So it felt the grittiness and you feel the grain in it. Um, you felt the vitality and the vibrance of the city when you first meet it. Um and all of that came through the locations that we chose, the costumes that we chose, the production design, and then obviously Eric, my DP, just making sure that and how he captured it, it just amplified all of that so much more. Uh, and then the the personality of the city drains and Terry and Inez, their relationship, we see it build up over the course of the movie, but we, then we start to also see it, what happens as they're struggling to keep it together, to keep that relationship intact. And and I think everything with how all the layers of, of all these different collaborators, it all contributed. It all contributed to us being able to immerse people in New York in that way, um, as well as sounds, as well as music, you know? I think yeah. I just really tried to use everything um, in, my, in my toolkit to drop a pin and make people feel like they were there.
0: AV, how much of a challenge do you think that it is for musicians to make that transition into the acting and film world? And what tips do you have for other musicians which are hoping to make that transition?
2: I mean, I think it it varies the challenge. I mean, I think I, in some ways it could make sense that somebody who comes from another performing art background, you know, just performing for the stage that they kind of have, it's no surprise that some people are able to make the jump so well because they're already they're already just attuned to themselves in that way, but it, it isn't for everybody. I think for me the biggest thing that I think about and why I've had hesitations in the past is just how serious you know are people taking it. It's not it's not about you. It's not about a cameo uh, for you as a recording artist jumping into this role. It's like how well can you disappear into a character? How well can you commit to the role? I and mean, how me- how how well can you commit to the craft? of what it takes to, to, to really portray somebody in a truthful way and pr- portray emotions in a truthful way. And so I think that that's something that is definitely going to get gain respect from a filmmaker like myself. If I see that like, okay, this person is deeply committed. This person is really focused on just really, really sharpening to the best that they can their skill set as an artist and, and how they're capturing the essence of another human being. And they're not making it about the agenda of me just showing up Mm -hmm. you know uh, as as who I am in this role you know Mm -hmm. Um, and and I've seen that I've seen people that like didn't want to do their hair a certain way or didn't want to you know do certain things because they felt like this is who I am you know as an artist Mm -hmm. and I'm like but how is that telling the story of the character how is Mm -hmm. that supporting the story of the movie period or the tv show Mm -hmm. period Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know um, by you not being willing to shed those layers of who you are in real world in order to to really embody what's what's what we need in order to, to, to craft this journey. So um, so I think that if people are willing to make that sacrifice, then they can really be boundless um and really developing a really beautiful career um in film and TV.
1: There's a lot to take from this movie, from the main story itself, the mother and son relationship to you know systems that are put in place in society and fail marginalized you know, communities i loved your approach to showcasing this throughout the whole movie was this something or this element was this at the forefront of your mind when you were writing it and also directing
2: um just showcasing mother and sons but also all of the, the systems put all in the place. other
1: elements yeah all the other oh, elements. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: yeah absolutely i think uh, you, i couldn't tell the story without being able to showcase that because i think this movie it is so much about the power of family you know, and the power of what it means to to have a home and have a sense of stability, especially for for Black communities, just seeing what that means for us, but seeing how much the world does to pull that apart, um, and also seeing with even within our own communities and our own family units, what we need to work on in order to be better to each other and be more fortified in that fight. So I think that it was it was incredibly important and the crafting of this story to, to showcase that, not only so that we can better see ourselves and understand our experience, but also so that people could see us, you know, mm. and see and see what we go through and could and be better al- allies to us. You know, it's a human story at the end of the day, you know, you can strip the color away, you can strip the, the class of these people away and you can still identify with what they're going through just as human mm. beings and that was important to me, but I definitely wanted people to be able to see themselves but also mm. see like, okay, this is, even if this isn't my experiences, this is what's happening in the world around me. And now I can have a better lens into how to show up better for other people and what they're going through. Um, even if it's just, you know, treating them differently, um, treating them differently and and taking actionable steps to make sure I move through the world differently because of how it impacts other people and other communities. So um, so it was really important to touch on all of that. You know, and it's, and this is a story about New York City and the ways that, I also felt betrayed by New York City. and what's happening here is happening in so many cities in America. It's happening in so many cities around the world and the ways that cities are being reshaped um, and 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 commerce is being favored instead of the citizens of these of these places. Um, and you see the impact of that. you know you see the human price of it. Big
1: screen,
0: middle screen. Big screen, little screen, SK vibe maker, movie reporter, Larry. We have just been speaking to A.V. Rockwell, the writer and director of a thousand and one starring Tiana Taylor about to hit your big screen. She was great, man. It was a good conversation.
1: Mm, Yeah. Lovely speaking with her, man. Great interview.
0: Well, let's get into it, man. Let's have a little discussion about this film. This is Tiana Taylor in her debut lead role. This is not a comedy. This isn't a thriller. This is a drama. This mm. is, um, in my opinion, there's a lot of dialogue in this. There's a lot of character building. There's some s- subtle side storylines. Tayana Taylor owns her debut lead role. She plays a, a slightly complex character. There's some brilliant scenes. Uh, I mean, this is a great performance. In my opinion from Teyana Taylor, I feel like the the future is looking very bright for her. We've seen her on the screen before, aside from her music career like more inside roles, but this was her debut lead role. And I feel like she done brilliantly, man.
1: Yeah, and no, I agree with you, S-K. I think when we last saw Teyana on the big screen, it was Coming to America, the, the sequel that was on Amazon Prime. But she didn't really have a, a major, major, major role as she did in this film. But yeah, she shines in this movie, an extremely powerful performance. Her range is fantastic. The character Inez that she plays, like you said, SK is a complex character. There's a lot to her. And Tiana is able to navigate herself through the different time periods and the stages of Inez's life in, in this film with so much conviction. I love the cinematography, as Avi mentioned in our interview. You know, it was difficult to film in a modern day New York. This was filmed during, uh, I think, the, lock, the first couple lockdowns in 2021. And, you know, they did a brilliant job of time portal us back (laughs) into especially I love the early 2000s because you know that was when I was becoming a teenager around about that time so I remembered the CDs and and Mm. I noticed like subtle changes to the saturation on screen and it was like a blue a blue tin that gave it a much cleaner look compared to the 90s that had more of like a a gritty um, look to it to give you that old grimy Harlem New York look whereas this one the 2000s looked a lot cleaner and I love the little subtleties in the development of, of of this film. The premise of the story is good. However, for me, because it's a slow burn and with the runtime, the movie needed to fill in a lot more of the empty parts of the movie to take it to that next level. So for me, I'm going to give this film a Lowry three out of five. The
0: music was good, man. We definitely pulled yes, back to the 90s yeah, and yeah. it looked great. Yeah, I feel like it was slightly on the, on the long side, but the ending was Good, you know what i So yeah, yeah, good ending, man. And I feel like again, the future is bright for TT tayana Taylor. Salute Avi Rockwell on her directorial feature film debut and on the writing as well. And I give this one a three out of five. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A thousand Bang and one. On. Yeah, we're both we're both kind of agreeing. Yeah. We definitely are yeah. agreeing, isn't it? <laughs> for the fans <laughs> of drama movies, for the fans of Tayana Taylor, A Thousand and One is out Friday, the twenty first of April, via the cinema, and is a fifteen. SK Vibe Maker, we are in the middle of big screen, little screen. I just said my own name. That was very rude. SK Vibe Maker and movie reporter, Larry. How could and TV you do that, talk. SK? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. We do this every week and we just, you know what I mean? We get down to it, man. We get a bit geeky. Yeah. We've already discussed 1001 starring Tiana Taylor. We spoke to A.V. Rockwell, the writer and director. And we were like, yeah, we enjoyed that. But we got another big one. For the big screen. Mm. Lowry, give us a lowdown, man.
1: We are taking it to the release of the week. The big one for the big screen. And before we get into this one, here's a snippet from the trailer. Big screen. Middle screen.
0: No matter how busy you ever got, you always found time for me. I can't believe I'm never going to
1: speak to you again. When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother.
0: What is this, Danny? I
1: found you. This evil creates terror through total chaos.
0: All you can do is run. Big screen, middle screen. Big screen, little screen, SK Vibe Maker, movie reporter, Lowry, whether you are listening via Rinse FM or the digital streaming platforms, this is movie and TV talk. All you can do is run. This is the fifth film in the film franchise, 42 years after the first part in the film franchise. This is Lowry's favorite. He loves this genre of film. He loves it, man. Lowry, give us a lowdown on the trailer that we just heard for, man.
1: That was the trailer for Evil Dead Rise. As you just said, SK, this is the fifth installment in the Evil Dead film series that started way back in 1981. And this one is written and directed by Lee Cronin and stars Lily Sullivan, Alyssa Sutherland and Morgan Davis. And this movie follows a twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of a flesh possessing demon or demons <laughs> thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family like imaginable
0: Mummies with the maggots now i swear yep. horror and kids <laughs> can be pretty messed up man you know what i'm saying uh, you see it in the trailer it's there i'm not doing spoilers you see the woman crawling out of the bathtub and she says that to the little girl
1: what did you think of this larry SK, I had to wash my eyes out with holy water eye drops after watching this film. My (laughs) gosh, like as a horror lover, this is right up my street. Full on 90 minutes of horror, blood and gore. As a reboot of a long-standing popular cult, you know, has has a popular cult following horror movie. This is up there with the recent Scream movies, I have to say, in terms of you know the production is fantastic the acting performances are solid the story is good everything is executed to such a high level like i love this movie and a fun fact around six six thousand five hundred liters of fake blood was used during the production of this movie so that's just a little taste of what to expect in this film in terms of the amount of blood and gore that's in this film One of the best horror movies I've seen in recent years. Horror fans, we've been eating this year, and this is another one to add to your plate, man. Like, this is a must-watch for this year. And I give this a very, very strong Lowry 4 out of 5 stars.
0: Wowza! It gets a 4 out of 5. You really... You know what I'm saying? They've took a few breaks as well, because I feel like the 4th... The fourth one in this film franchise came out in 2013. That was a little break. And yeah. now we've had this coming yeah. back 10 years after. And this has a cult fan base. For the fans of Evil yeah. Dead film franchise, for the fans of horror movies, Evil Dead rises out Friday the 21st of April via the cinema. And it's at 18. And I'm definitely getting the, the gist from a lot of people that this could never be anything but an 18
1: you agree with that (laughs) Larry this might have to be this might have to be a 21 you know I've said this in the past about certain horror films but this (laughs) is crazy it's crazy 100% mad
0: it's been another great week of big screen little screen SK Vibe Makeup movie reporter Larry yeah man we're gonna be back next week Larry where can he find you in the meantime
1: they can find me under my social media handle, which is at everything Lowry. Lowry spelled L-O-W-E-R-Y. My TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram is all under that.
0: And of course, you can find me www.skvibemaker.co.uk or at skvibemaker on all good socials. All of them. Mm. We'll be back next mm. week, Lowry. And we ain't talking about football either. We're going to save that to the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get me. <laughs> Have a good weekend, yeah, bro.
1: man. You too, bro. See you next week. Big screen,
0: little screen.